Want your boss? If you're looking for a new school for your child next year, you should check out St. Paul Public Schools. The district is having a school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center, and you need to check it out. 80% of students in SPPS are kids of color. They've got dozens of black teachers and principals whose kids also go to schools in the district, and that means something. They understand the unique challenges our children face. They believe in inspiring our kids to think critically, pursue their dreams, and change the world. Remember Minnesota's open enrollment policy. You do not have to live in the city of St. Paul to attend a school in the district. So whether you've got a little one who's almost ready for kindergarten and eighth grader going into high school and accelerated learner or a child with special needs, St. Paul Public Schools got you covered. So head on over to their school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center. Find out which one of their great schools is right for your baby. For more info, log on to their website at spps.org backslash apply. Put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive. Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond that, which I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you are a helping professional in any way, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And as a matter of fact, effective today through November 28th, we'll be offering a Black Friday promotion for the audiobook version of Diversity in Clinical Practice that'll be available for the lowest price ever of $5. If there was ever a time to get the book, it is now. Now's the time to get this book in everyone's hands. And if you know someone who could benefit from a healthy and positive perspective like this on this often difficult topic, feel free to refer them to this book as well. And whether it be through one of my one-on-one -on -one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today I want to talk to you about discrimination in the theater. So if you hadn't heard yet, a recent New York Post story announced that a sign language interpreter is suing the nonprofit Theater Development Fund after he was fired from the Broadway musical The Lion King over his skin color. A little background here is that this white interpreter who not only qualified to provide sign language interpreter to the theater, but who also has experience doing so with the same organization, was hired to fill in for Lion King production when there was previously scheduled interpreters, two out of three of whom were BIPOC interpreters, and they had to back out and were unavailable. Unfortunately, shortly after he was hired, uh, he received an email from the Lion King Theaters Theater Development Fund's Accessibility Programs Director stating that it was no longer appropriate to have white interpreters represent black characters for ASL Broadway shows, apologetically asking him to back out, adding that it was due to the social climate. Now, while there are many opinions about this situation, both ethical and legal, I want to stay consistent and explore this from a relational person-centered perspective, focusing less on who should win the lawsuit and more on the feelings and experiences that contribute to how things like this come to be and how we can respond to them in a healthy way. 
First, let me start by expressing that I can understand where this interpreter is coming from. As a therapist, imagining hearing him recount this experience in a session, I can imagine that as a trained and experienced interpreter, he was thrilled to have the opportunity to put his skills into practice on one of the most well-respected Broadway productions of all time. It didn't matter to him that The Lion King is a musical that contains phrases from six African languages and historically has an abundance of singers from South Africa. As far as he is concerned, his role was to interpret what was said and sung for those who wouldn't otherwise be able to experience it audibly. And either he was up to the task or he wasn't. And his work history and the fact that he was asked to participate initially had confirmed that, in fact, he was up to the task. And then unexpectedly, without action on his own, not only did he lose out on that opportunity, but he felt unjustly singled out because of his race. As if all of a sudden, despite the fact that he was qualified, his race alone was considered to be a problem. And that, in and of itself, became the problem. For those of you who listened to my recent podcast on affirmative action, you might see a similarity here. Someone being singled out uh, from uh, and denied from earning a, a qualified opportunity simply due to their skin color. But then someone else might counter and say, but it's not the same. Using common and legitimate affirmative action language conveying that if all things are equal, education, training and experience, and you have the option to hire one of two people from different cultural backgrounds, then it can be legitimate to consider the person from an underrepresented cultural background for one of many reasons being that they may be able to offer something unique to the table through their participation and contributions from their past experiences. However, while that argument is in fact legitimate and as legitimate as they may be, that wasn't the case here. This wasn't a case of a white interpreter competing for an opportunity with someone who was equally qualified and skilled, but who happened to be from a, a BIPOC uh, background uh, as an interpreter. Uh, and then that this person then resented not being chosen in favor of this other person. No, this was someone who got the job, then lost the job due to the social climate. And here's where the second consideration comes in. I can acknowledge that there has been a lot of social injustice and social justice concerns that have risen to the surface. Unfortunately, this has occurred due to negative experiences of being treated unfairly, to say the least, which are not new to many in many uh, culturally underrepresented communities being recorded and shared anew online and in the news, spotlighting the significant need for change in many ways and in many different environments. Sometimes that means finding a way to protect the lives of those who have experienced their lives as being seemingly expendable to many. Uh, an unacceptable and unsustainable experience moving forward in a healthy society. Other times, that means proactively creating a society where everyone feels not only respected, but also seen, valued, and represented, not just despite their cultural differences, but in consideration of their cultural differences and similarities. Some try to accomplish this by intentionally and overtly creating more diverse environments even beyond race and ethnicity, inviting a variety of life experiences, including gender, sexual orientation, age, religious beliefs, political beliefs, and many more. Having, ha, no, having a variety of thought, experience, and contribution can offer significant benefits to any environment. And yet, I will admit that there are some instances where intentional hiring or casting with specific cultural factors in mind, not only not ignored, but explicitly considered, has merit. I, I may be a fan of diversity of thought, experience and contribution, but even my eyebrow would raise if the newest civil rights movie cast a white actor as Martin Luther King Jr. Is that hypocrisy? Well, no. Well, the question then becomes, why? Well, for many, the instantaneous quick answer is, it's obvious, isn't it? 
Because here, if a person being portrayed is black, then the actor portraying that character should be black as well, or fill in whatever background you come from to apply that situation, period. And the same would apply to many other, other cultural groups. However, if that logic alone ruled the day, then actors would only ever be able to portray uh, characters exactly like themselves in every way and other ways, including the same racial and ethnic background, but also the same height, the same body type, the same color, and more. Is it the same? No. Is it similar? In a lot of ways, yes. And even more popular productions like the creatively unique and diverse cast of Hamilton would no longer be able to be enjoyed. And the live action Little Mermaid movie, which casts a black actor as the character Ariel, definitely would not would be breaking the rules. For despite the fact that mermaids don't actually exist to be uh, copied in the same way uh, or misrepresented, African-Americans can have red hair. Uh, they can swim. Uh, and anything not done exactly the same for many still just feels wrong sometimes, despite those things. But here's where it gets interesting. For there are times when consistency matters to the message being conveyed, and there are times when it doesn't. For example, if the mission of your organization is to give a scholarship to students from underrepresented cultural groups, not out of preference over others, but to provide opportunities where barriers seem to limit opportunities to some that others don't have, and to increase hopes and opportunities uh, for diversity in the workplace, then narrowing those opportunities to some while respectfully declining the interests of others has merit. However, unlike the clothing brand FUBU, where the point is to make something that's for us, by us, if that's not the goal, if that's not the mission, then singling some out, uh, some, individuals, some individuals out based on cultural differences alone seems to be a misguided effort. In this Lion King interpreter incident, singling him out because he was white seems to have good intentions, but also make miss the mark. Taking one more step back, as with many truly successful Broadway productions, The Lion King has been performed in numerous theaters around the world with actors from around the world, many of whom do not have African heritage. Should all of these actors be let go as well? The question that arises from, then, from this then is this. What is the goal? What is the mission? What is the intended direction? that this action is trying to take us. Contrary to popular opinion, I don't have enough reason to believe that this was a declaration of the way things should be. As if they were trying to say, sorry, we let this happen before, but we now see that it was not right now and it never was right to have anyone else uh, other than South Africans sing these songs, act out these animals, including the silently acted puppetry uh, it, that is creatively depicted in this show and definitely not interpret the sign language. Even singing an African uh, language song in sign is just wrong. I don't think that's what they were trying to convey or what should be conveyed moving forward. No. Nope. In this case, it seems more likely to be a reaction to someone or some or many someone's who felt and expressed discomfort seeing someone white signing in, which is essentially speaking, gesturing, acting as if they were African. And I get it. It can be confusing to see someone doing something which you're not familiar and not knowing their intentions, how they feel about it, what they're trying to convey. Let me say that again. I get it. Many people have had multiple experiences where they felt overlooked, left out, like the things that they, they felt were important were taken away, taken for granted. And as a result, they felt that they uh, that they can't express what they really want to say. And sometimes what they want to say is, why can't we just have this one? Not only that, but in a world where there's a fine line between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation, many people have experienced a lot of hurt for people outside of their cultural group, negatively mocking their cultural ways of being. 
And this callous disregard and lack of value and appreciation for a culture is indeed unacceptable. However, sign language interpreting is not about putting on these cultures as if they were a costume to be mods. Rather, it's about providing a service to someone who would not otherwise be able to receive the language and participate in the full experience of the production at all. And if this is the goal, then their cultural background, the cultural background of the interpreter, doesn't have to matter. If they are able to communicate effectively, then it can be worth the risk. In fact, I find it fascinating to see videos of non-BIPOC sign language interpreters doing their best to keep up with hip-hop artists at live concerts. So, some of these artists themselves even have been impressed during the concert, singling them out while they're performing, highlighting not only their impressive skill uh, with the unique and often fast-paced language, but also the passion that they provide, giving credit to their performance, enhancing the concert performance for everyone who is present. Now, as a therapist, I see that people's discomfort with certain things uh, after having witnessed or experienced significant hurts or traumas is significant. And I can understand that these things can be received differently by different people at different times. That being said, where is the line that determines what can be done in consideration of others' hurts and traumas and what things should be avoided? Not even out of correction, but out of consideration. In a way, I can understand how this theater organization was trying to make decisions that reduce any undue negativity, attention, and controversy. However, the costs with which the decision came, namely, in effect, discriminating against this interpreter seemed to have inflicted one harm in order to avoid another. I seek not to claim that decisions or experiences like this are easy or that they are easy solutions, rather to make sure that we're seeing not only the motivations, but also the impact of these decisions. But even in efforts to increase diversity for everyone's benefit, it can be easy to unintentionally harm others in the process. I hope for you is that you will be able to see multiple sides of experiences like these and more in both motivation and in impact. And if and when you have the opportunity to contribute to decisions like this, that you can help create solutions that can show value and appreciation for everyone's skills, abilities, and contributions, no matter their cultural differences or similarities. With that, I'll say thank you again. For listening to the Diversity Do podcast. And if you have any pressing diversity related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame free or empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive and difficult topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com. And if you know of anyone who could benefit from a positive, encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to this podcast so they can be encouraged as well, or have them check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook formats on Amazon.com and from the publisher directly for a limited time only. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible on this topic and future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this. You don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. You deserve more internet than what you get from just your cell phone. Get free high-speed internet at home, a $29.95 value, when you qualify for Internet Essentials Plus and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Enjoy more streaming, gaming, and video chatting on more devices for free. 
with unlimited data and a wireless gateway included at no extra cost. No fees, no taxes, and no annual contract. Connect to more of what you love for free with Xfinity and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Click, call, or visit a store to learn more. At Hy-Vee, we take pride of being part of the communities we serve. In 2021, we donated more than 14 million meals, and this year, we're committed to doing even more. For over 90 years, we've been the place that people turn in time of need, and we take that very seriously. That's why we're loading our semis full of food this week and making deliveries across the Midwest to help families this Easter. To join our effort, simply donate when you're at the checkout. Together, we can make a big difference for those in need. There's a new way to get around in North Minneapolis. It's Metro Transit Micro, a new ride-sharing service that connects you with Metro Transit bus routes or wherever you need to go on the north side. It's convenient, affordable, and accessible. Metro Transit Micro uses minibuses to reach more neighborhoods, and you'll have shorter wait times. It costs just the same as bus routes, and it's easy to use. You can pay your fare in cash, a go-to card, or the Metro Transit app. Just go to metrotransit.org slash micro. Download the app and create your account. It's really simple. So whether you're going to a friend's house in Bryn Mawr to watch the Vikings game, or you need to get dropped off at the Metro Sea Line station to hop on a bus to get to work across town, Metro Transit Micro got you covered. Book a ride, get picked up, and get where you need to go. Start riding today on one of the new Metro Transit Micro minibuses. It's back to school time, and that means it's back to cooking breakfast for your kiddos and making school lunches. That's a lot of cracked eggshells and cut off sandwich crusts. Now listen, before you think about throwing those food scraps away, think about recycling them. Ramsey County has a program that can help you do just that, and it won't cost you a dime. Ramsey County has a free food scraps recycling program that lets you collect stuff like apple cores, coffee grounds, and veggie scraps. Here's how it works. Put all those scraps into a compostable bag. Then once a week, drop it off at a free food scrap site by your house. And listen, I understand that life is busy, so if you can't get there once a week, just toss the bag in the freezer until you can find the time to do it. To locate a food scrap collection site near you and to get more information about the program, visit RamseyRecycles.com slash food scraps and tell your friends and family about it. Let's all do our part to help save the planet. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. 
Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.